quickly before we talk about this, you're sure Skype record is on, right? I was until you said that. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> now you got me all paranoid. Oh, no. Hey there, folks over at CommanderCast.com and MTGCast.com. It's time for another episode of Rivals Duel. Uh, we're going to be a little bit speedy on this one because Noel's got uh, places to be and people to talk to and all that other stuff. But uh, I think we have a good episode planned, don't we, Noel? Yeah, this should be a lot of fun. This is one we've talked about doing for a long time because I think that I, I actually think there will be less argument here than one might expect from the two of us. Yeah. But uh, we want to talk about the ban list. And mm-hmm. specifically that uh, what's on the ban list that we think could come off, what isn't on the ban list we wish was on there, as well as kind of just some philosophy stuff about ban lists in general that we think will be kind of fun to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, before we do that, though, we have uh, emails to get to. And before we get to the emails, Shadows Over Innistrad came out. Yay, I'm sitting here next to two boxes that have been completely opened and <laughs> remain to be sorted. <laughs> I uh I went and spent actual money on cards for the first time in the while because I had traded a lot of cards uh to a local store and had a bunch of credit that ran out at the end of Oath of the Gatewatch. Um, so I actually spent money on cards and I forgot how expensive this hobby is. I dropped like fifty dollars on like ten cards. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually had a uh I had a, a PPTQ that I was running the day after release day that was standard. Oh. So, first of all, having card availability be a a thing was kind of cool, but also gave me a wonderful chance to look at cool things that standard is doing and Mm -hmm. getting to see a lot of cards kind of in a microcosm. Now, not all of it translates over to EDH, but I will say that I was very wrong in my evaluation of some cards when it comes to standard. Uh, any cards in particular? Nahiri. Uh, well, how's that? Because Nahiri, I thought was going to be kind of a niche card, like that would just oh, okay. would just it'd, it'd play in kind of some red white decks that would use it kind of just generate advantage of that. What Nahiri lets you do, and what I completely missed, is you can play kind of a toolbox of cards that are situational, knowing okay. that you can just throw them away to Nahiri if they're not what you need. Yes, like absolutely. You get away with playing cards like Ruinous Path or um, <clears throat> To the Slaughter and cards that aren't going to be, they're going to be great a very specific amount of the time, knowing that you have an out to turn them into something useful. Yeah, cards that are usually sideboard cards. Yeah, and it kind of lets you play a little bit more toolboxy than what I thought. So that card, so I'm, I'm, I'm sold on Nahiri and Standard. Whoa. Cool. <laughs> Have you uh have you put the any cards to the test in EDH yet? Um, I've put some in decks. I haven't cast any of them yet. The card I'm most excited about, to be honest, is Seasons Past. Okay. Like in Titania, yeah, that makes sense. and just drawing eight cards seems cool. <laughs> I uh I tested out Ulvenwald Hydra and searched the Ulvenwald. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the card I'm most excited to test out, I haven't I I don't have the deck thrown together to try it yet. But I really want to do the I really want to make that giant demon with Westvale Abbey. That's just a thing mm-hmm. that I feel would help make me feel whole as a person. Yeah, that uh, saw that card seen a lot of play this last weekend too. Yeah, it's at uh, it was at twenty bucks when I bought it, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it go up. It was um, it is a really nasty finisher in something like standard. Mm. Yeah, it uh, 
it did a lot of work in a lot of different decks. I, th- I feel like I'm going to spend the next 18 months trying to convince people to jam that into decks it doesn't really go in. <laughs> just because it's a 9-7 flying indestructible lifelink haste. Like, what's yeah. wrong with it? Well, that and there's some decks that just can't beat. Here's a 1-1 dude every turn. Yep, fair enough. All right, we have some emails that you've got uh, up on your screen, right, Noel? Yeah, I've got them all queued up here. Um, cool. First off, I want to thank Sam. Sam sent us an email basically full of ideas for the show, which we'll play with later. Um, oh, excellent. So it's got like three or four ideas, but really that's all it has in it. Um, so uh, thank you for sending in, Sam. We are looking at it. I'm sure we'll use some of them. Thank uh, you, Sam. I'll Yeah, note to self. Send that email to Eric. Um, yes. But uh, the other one I wanted to answer, this is actually the second half of an email from a while ago mm-hmm. um, from David, and this is after the uh, Nia Walkers episode. Um, he had put this on here, and originally we were going to do a whole uh, whole episode on it, but knowing that after thinking about it a little bit, we don't really think we have a whole episode of the stuff. We have a good solid five to ten minutes about it, so um, bear with us. So this is the other half of David's email. It says, anyway, I was wondering what your you and Eric's opinion was on something. After listening to the Mana Rocks episode, my playgroup started talking about different kinds of ramp, which led different types of removal, which we talked about three different types. One, instant speed removal, being able to, to surprise someone in response to some kind of action. Uh, two, sorcery removal, being able to remove something and get a bit of bonus for a little more. Or three, rattlesnake removal, playing a permanent that allows your opponent to see what might be coming. And then he gives some examples of, say, Doomblade versus Ruinous Path versus Seal of Doom, or Disenchant versus Solemn Offering versus Seal of Cleansing. I'm curious what your favorite type of removal is and why. Oh, so he he's asking what the favorite type is, huh? Uh, I think, well, first of all, we have to say, in any deck, you play all three kinds, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's there's there can be made a case for not playing some of them, but... Yes. Like, but, I, would, I would argue that not playing all three is probably, to some extent, doing it wrong. Yes, you... The big advantage for the instant speed is that you can catch your opponent when they're on their turn, when they don't expect it. Uh, and you can stop them from doing something like, say, an infinite combo. Uh, the sorcery speed stuff almost always comes with a good positive uh, in addition to it. it. Whether it's something like that two for ones really well, like Wrath of God, or something that gives you a creature like Flamtongue Cavu, for example. Um, and then the other one is just really good politically to just have a re- piece of removal sitting on the board that your opponents know could go off at any time. Uh, the other thing that he didn't mention in that email is that those particular pieces of removal are usually stuff like planeswalkers, which are repeatable, or they're stuff that's recurrable. So like pernicious deed can be brought back with the sun Titan or like a yogs will or something like that. It's really easy to bring those kinds of removal back over and over again. Uh, Oblivion stone can be brought back by a million different things, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which one is your favorite, Noel? Um, I I tend towards so I I enjoy the political part of EDH probably more than I should. Okay. <clears throat> that being said, I have kind of a soft spot for uh, the uh, that kind of rattlesnakey. Like there are times when I will show someone a card from my hand to go. Mm. Are you sure you want to swing at me right now? <laughs> <laughs> like turning turning other kinds of removal into rattlesnakey removal. Um, yeah. So that's probably that's probably where I am guilty of. Now I will admit it's probably not the best play. In fact, people could argue that it kind of makes me a jerk for playing politics with cards that aren't meant to be played politics by. Yes, someone could make that argument. <laughs> but so for me, I really like the politics of EDH, and so I have a soft spot in my heart for that kind of rattlesnakey removal. 
Um, my favorite kind of removal is probably the sorcery speed removal. Uh, not because I love chasing. Well, it's kind of tied to me chasing value. I love when my creatures or permanents that I want to play anyway do something else. So I love it when my creatures that come into play also ramp. And I love it when my creatures that come into play are also kinds of removal. Or if I got like, like a, a sword of fire and ice. The Sword of Fire and Ice's main purpose for me is to give a creature evasion and also draw me cards. But the fact that it shocks things is a big benefit. Uh, so a lot of cards, uh, a lot of my favorite kinds of removal are other cards that I want to play for different reasons that happen to also remove cards. Like the general I'm playing the most right now is Borborygmos Enraged. And I love him. He's awesome. He's a really great finisher. He's a three-turn clock. He's also removal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that sorcery speed stuff that uh, com- comes packaged with some other benefits is uh, probably my favorite. Yeah. And it's worth noting that there are some, a lot of cards that break the rules of this kind of categories in one way or another. Uh, biggest argument I could think of is Volcanic Offering, which is instant speed, if I remember correctly, and blows up a land and a creature and potentially another land and creature. Yeah, there's there's definitely some where instants that are very powerful too that are the the counteract to them is that they cost a bajillion mana. But mm-hmm. um no, I think and I think honestly there's definitely something to be said for all three of these types. I yes. would argue that if you're if you don't have at least some instant way to interfere with your opponent's plan, that sets you up as a very weak to combo decks. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that having that rattlesnake removal can help steer a game your direction and is valuable. Yep, and if you don't have the sorcery speed removal, you'll just eventually get outvalued because you're playing against three other people. Mm-hmm. So definitely play all of them, but that's where it stands. Noel likes the politics of the rattlesnake stuff. I uh, I love when I get to staple my removal to something else. The bang-to-buck ratio. <laughs> yeah, the bang-to-buck ratio is high with this one. <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to get a bazooka bog altered to... Uh, have the bang-to-buck ratio on it, like, just math. <laughs> Bang <laughs> over buck equal <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and I think that's it for our preamble stuff today, which means we get to move on to the ban list. Yay, the ban list. The f- one of the easiest things to incite arguments and anger, like whether or not something should be on it, whether or not something shouldn't be on it. Yay for this is this is easily one of the controversial hot button topics in Commander. Mm-hmm. Yes, the uh, it is it is definitely something that gets people riled up. First of all, before we go into the ban list proper, Noel, what is your opinion on house ban lists? So <clears throat> here's here's my I, they come as kind of a two edged sword to me because first of all, I think that they're absolutely something that the EDH rules committee encourages. I think it's something that most a well-rounded play group of the same guys who always get together and say, this isn't the kind of fun we want to have, so get rid of it, is all okay. The problem that I have with them is much more that people, uh, the people who either have a hard time enforcing them, like I have a hard time saying the store EDH band list is X. Okay. Um, because you have new players coming in, you have you don't have that control. Like that's it's great if you have a regular play group you always play with. That this is the way we want to play. By all means, have a house ban list. But as far as like we're going to have a let's say my store is going to have an EDH tournament, um, 
we're going to have it, and we're going to use the store house ban list. That I don't like as much from a rules enforcement level. That's fair. Uh, I had a conversation with my uh, my friend the other day about this, and he kind of he he kind of mentioned it like it it's one of those things that I'm okay with in theory. It's like if people want to have house ban list, it's like yeah, sure, have a house ban list. Just make sure people know about it ahead of time because you don't you don't want someone to show up with a deck they can't play. Uh, and then and then it's just like yeah, but I've never used them. Like I've I we've always been like yeah, we could do a house ban list and then been like yeah, we'd rather just stick to the official one and make our decks that way. It does make it a lot easier to play with people that you've just met because you're all operating under the same ban list. But it's also just like, I don't know, there's something about it that feels like you're playing. It's like, you know, no, we're going to play our version of EDH. We aren't. Everyone else can play their version of EDH. This is our version, and we'd rather play that, which is fine if that's your opinion. But I just don't think that's my opinion. <laughs> sure, and I think that's that's kind of the big rub for me too. Is that. And, and and I will admit, like, the EDH Rules Committee has even said they have a philosophy for the format that is different than some people. If you want a super competitive, you know, anything goes meta, then, yeah, you could, un like, yes, there's about half of these cards you could take off and still just crank the power level without breaking the format. Absolutely. Especially since given, given how small, relatively, the ban list is, uh, you could, you don't really need more power. Like, I, I'm not sure that you need, uh, the Ad Nauseum combo deck works without any of this stuff. Right. Uh, right, like, it, 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 I don't, I have never had a problem with the ban list so much that I've actually felt the need to go against it. I've never seen one of their decisions and had it offend me so much that I was like, yeah, no, I want to make my own ban list now. Either to unban or to ban something. Mm -hmm. Even even the most annoying cards to me that other like other players play that I don't like, I I'm okay with because I recognize the fact that some people get annoyed when I use a perforos to deal 26 damage to everybody. Sure. Like everyone everyone's got their own pet peeves and it's it seems unfair to me like when i love burst damage so much and i'm dealing burst damage and that's something that some people get really upset over for me to then turn around and be like well i don't you, like that you play counter spells yeah you can't draw 30 cards off of consecrated sphinx like yeah you 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 can take you can play the infinite time uh time warps deck i'm gonna give you the stink eye the whole time you're doing it mm -hmm. but i'm never gonna tell you not to I'm, I'm never going to tell you that you're not allowed to play those cards yes now the other thing let me let me talk about this tooth ban list too i am completely okay with groups using social pressure to sculpt their meta oh yes like your deck isn't fun and i'm going to kill you first until you change it is a completely valid strategy yeah that is that is not anything magic related that is karma it is a rule that the universe operates by and uh, yeah no if you if you show up at the table with the nastiest deck there you don't get to get mad when people target you. Right. I I, I regularly have uh, when I'm I'm playing games with uh, my friends, m many of them know that I have a really really big collection, really expensive collection, and have a lot of the best cards. So when they turn around and start hitting me uh, with their mana dorks on like turn two, and all the extra incremental damage starts coming my way, I you don't get to be mad about that. Right. <laughs> Like it, it's it's just that's the way it is. Hmm. Um, 
shall we look at the cards that we think should go on the ban list or talk about cards that are recommended to go on the ban list first or talk about the cards that are actually on the ban list? Let's talk about the cards that are on it and then mm-hmm. we'll go into some some of these are ones that I don't know that I don't know that Eric and I are ever going to say we think that this card should be banned in our suggestions. What we've kind of done is named kind of the greatest hits of when you go and ask random people for what should be on the banned list. Yeah. Um, absolutely what should be on there yeah it's the it's the 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 usual suspects for contenders for the ban list and we're just gonna give our quick our quick take on each of those and kind of where we stand on them especially in comparison to cards that are already on the ban list sure so uh shall we go down in alphabetical order yeah because that's the order that i have them pulled up to excellent uh ancestral recall do you think they should unban that no so here's so here's what's funny. Here's where part of the reason this card is on the ban list is because of first of all the absurd power level, but also because of price and availability. Yes, this card would immediately get put in every blue deck out there. Yep. But you could argue that there's a lot of cards that gets just jammed into the blue deck. Yeah, but it's you can't really make an argument for any of the power nine coming off of the ban list. It's it, it is cards that. Wizards has gone back and said, yeah, we didn't really know what we were doing when we printed that. Yeah. That might have been a mistake. Mm-hmm. So you aren't going to hear Noel and I defending Ancestral Recall or any of the Moxes or anything like that. Uh, we'll, oh. get there. we'll get there. Because here's, here's, here's the thing is, yes, these cards are probably too powerful. Okay. But... Uh, the, we'll get the, we'll get down to the, the moxes. We'll have a conversation. I don't think Lotus should be here, and Recall okay. is probably too powerful. Ancestral Recall is way too powerful, in my opinion. Yeah. One mana, draw three cards. They're just like, it, it, it's one thing when you can point to other cards that are unbanned and say, well, this approaches it in power level. Yeah, nothing approaches nothing close this. to that. No, I. There's, there's no card draw spell or permanent or anything more efficient than an ancestral recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would uh, <clears throat> I agree. This card needs to stay on the list. Yeah. Uh, balance. So balance falls into the category of cards that, because of the way the format works, yeah, these cards are miserable. Yes. Like like balance just would never be because either the person playing it is either going to immediately win off of it because they're going to put themselves so far ahead. Or two are just there to watch the world burn and are just casting it to be annoying. Or three, and this is far more likely, of the four people in the game, you've probably just eliminated one player. Yeah, exactly. Um, balance is the card. It's the sorcery, the white sorcery that makes it so that everyone has to sack lands until they're equal to the fewest number of lands that is controlled by a player. Um. And then you also do the same thing with discarding from your hand and sacrificing creatures. You know what? I could see balance getting unbanned. Sure. Let me There's, let me let me let me put it out this way: if we were if we were going to unban things, this is probably in the top half of cards I'd like to see unbanned. Yeah, because it's not it it is unfun. This is true. It is uh, breakable, yes, but it is no more so than a lot of other land destruction type cards we see. In particular, the one that comes to my mind is Cataclysm, right? For two mana more, you get a Cataclysm, everyone goes down to one. Sure. Or is that Cataclysm or Catastrophe? Uh, That's Cataclysm. Catastrophe. Oh, is that Catastrophe? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. Um, For for two mana more, everyone goes down to one creature, one land, and it's like, it's a very similar effect for just slightly more mana. Uh, this is, and this is less 
nasty if you have actual board presence. Yeah, um, <clears throat> like I said, like, and I think that also, like, Cataclysm doesn't, uh, Cataclysm doesn't, Cataclysm is always going to reduce everybody down. It falls into that, I just want to watch everyone, everyone, yep. uh, the world burn. Like, you're less likely to just go, haha, random player who played a whole bunch of lands and ramped real hard, who has no cards in his hand and a bunch of lands in play. You're done. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but, I mean... From that argument, it is like it, the reason balance should be banned is because there's never a way to play it and have it be fun. And I don't know that that's the case because if you play it late game and like obviously that's not the usual time it would be used. But that but if you play it late game as just a way to like punish a ramp deck that has ramped up way above everyone else, uh, and to punish like a token deck who has put out a whole bunch of tokens or a blue player who drew a million cards to actually restore balance like the card was thematically supposed to do mm. um then that's that that is an okay place to play it and cards that are 90 percent of the time unfun but are 10 percent of the time okay exist all over edh sure so uh, i would say that this is a card that could potentially come off the i understand why it's there i'm i'm not fighting to get this off the list by anyone stretches of uh, by any stretch of the imagination and i don't want to play a game where balance is in it but if balance got unbanned i'd probably shrug right. how expensive is balance oh it's fairly cheap because it's banned and everything yeah see like if it, if it was crazy expensive then i'd say leave it on there but like mm -hmm. if that's the case then meh let's put it this way if this card were to get unbanned i'd be way less upset than most of the cards on this list yeah absolutely uh, next we have Biorhythm. Yeah! <clears throat> green, green, and six. Each player's life total becomes the number of creatures he or she controls. I mean, I wouldn't get upset if that got unbanned either. <laughs> right, like, this is... This this ability... This this card isn't fun. This card is, is probably bad for the format. But it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always win you the game. It will sometimes just knock out players, but it doesn't always win the win you the game. So it like it's kind of. Do you believe that this card is more competitive than Tooth and Nail? That's that was that was actually my comparison in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Was, was how does this compare to Tooth? And I think this is probably still scarier than tooth in that you have a green deck with a bunch of dude you're you're playing a series of dudes maybe not tokens but you just hit you know mid-rangey three four five six drops and hit this mm -hmm. to where you have four or five things everybody else has two or three things their life totals are all any of your guys are lethal yeah like this card, this card would not be fun to play within commander but no. as far as if this were to come off the list this is one of them that i'd be if this came off the list it'd be okay yeah, because it's another crazy expensive green I win card. Mm -hmm. And it like whether it wins more than Tooth or Nail or more than something like Praetor's Council is like arguable. Praetor's Council is probably more competitive than Tooth or Nail. It's mm, six of one, half dozen of the other. But it is like we have demonstrated that we're okay with we as an EDH community in general are okay with green trying to cast you know. 8, 10, 12 mana spells, that should win them the game. Mm -hmm. So if we're okay with the other ones, then we should probably be okay with this. 8 is cheaper than Tooth and Nail Entwined. Mm -hmm. 8 would probably make this the cheapest green instant win spell, unless you have some weirdness with, like, Boundless Realms. Yeah. Yeah, this this card isn't fun, and I wouldn't want to ever play with it or against it. Mm -hmm. But it does kind of... It, there are other things in here that are far, far worse. 
Yeah, exactly. Like our next card. <laughs> Black Lotus. Oof. You thought Soul Ring was bad. <laughs> yeah, Lotus Lotus should not be uh even if it didn't cost, you know, as much as my car. Like yeah. <laughs> it should not be uh unbanned in any format ever. Yeah, this is this is degenerately powerful cards are generate and powerful. It's an artifact, it, so it's super easy to recur. It was a mistake. It is the forbidden thing that was never meant to see the light of day. Right. It even sounds like Black Lotus. That sounds like an arcane thing you'd be looking for that, that was like buried by people in the past. Like, it's too powerful. You have yeah. to go into the ancient crypts in Egypt and dig up the Black Lotus. Yeah, the curse of the Black Lotus. Yeah, it sounds like a Cthulhu artifact is what it actually yeah, sounds like. Exactly. Um, so, so and in case you're wondering, no, we're not okay with unbanning Lotus. No, we're not okay with unbanning Lotus. There, there's no balanced way to... It is not just Dark Ritual. Some people, like, try to make their... Oh, Black gets Dark Ritual, isn't it? It's not the same thing. Yeah, it is it. not at all. No. <laughs> um, Braids, Cabal Minion. This is uh, a poor creature that suffers from the, uh, the new no more disparity between cards banned as generals and cards banned in your deck decision that the EDH community uh, council made because Braids Cabal Minion in a deck is a powerful but like relatively balanced okay card um, but as a commander it is busted beyond repair yeah um, I <clears throat> I I don't feel like this card could this be on this card could be unbanned if I could ban it as a commander yeah exactly and that's just, but that's not a thing they do anymore. Yeah, it's just ungodly unfun without it. Yeah, for those of you at home wondering why it is that Braids is so unfun as a commander, picture someone going turn one, Sol Ring, turn two, Braids, and then you trying to play with one land that gets destroyed at the beginning of your next turn for the rest of the game. Yeah, enjoy. Hopefully you can find that path to exile so you can yeah. have one turn to set back up. <laughs> Coalition Victory. It is the... Uh... If you control this... a creature of each color and a land of each basic land type, you win the game. Yep. Uh, this is a three and Wooberg enchant or sorcery. Uh, no, why don't you tell the folks why this one's banned? Uh, stay out of my format. This is one of those ones that, if this were in the format, would warp the format completely around it. All of a sudden, five-color yep. good stuff is the way to go. It probably involves tutoring for Transguild Courier and, uh, um, oh, what's the, it's the one with the star in the sky... They play it in Scapeshift. Prismatic Omen. Mm -hmm. You also, like, it's also easy to get this off with a five-color commander just because of that. You can just get a land of each basic uh, land type. You, you could get, like, three duels, and you're covered. Yeah. And then you just cast well, your general, and you cast this. Yeah. This is, it's very easy to set up. It's very, like, degenerately powerful. I'm glad this card is not in the format. Stay away. If this was in the format, it would be in every single five-color deck. Yes, and it would, be the, focal, it would, be, the would focal, it. It be the focal point of almost every five-color deck. I think this would replace Hermit Druid as mm -hmm. the go-to five-color good stuff win condition. Absolutely. Because this is way easier to set up than Hermit Druid. Uh, Channel! This Speaking is a... Ridiculous amounts of mana. <laughs> Channel is a two-mana green sorcery. Until end of turn, you may add colorless mana to your mana pool at the cost of one life per one mana. Play these additions as interruption as interrupts, which means at instant speed. Effects that prevent or redirect damage cannot be used to counter this loss of life. So this is something that is banned because, A, first of all, this is not balanced in a 20-life format. 
<laughs> right. Like, I'll, I'll live in this world. I'll start the game at 22 life, but on turn two, I get Ugin and Karn. Yep. Yeah, this is yeah. not a, this is not a world like I win that game. <laughs> yeah, there's the, absolutely you do. There is no way for you to lose that game. Um, this makes uh, casting Vorinclex very very easy as your commander. Uh, it, it's 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 broken. It yeah. is broken in a twenty life format. It is even more broken when you have double the amount of resource to pour into making mana. Uh, again, every green deck would run it. Just, even if it wasn't your plan to cast like the biggest colorless stuff with it as a win condition, just because of how good it is and how far ahead you could get by using it on the right turn, you'd run it as a matter of course. Yeah, it would. It's it. Uh, this is not a hard one to think about. Speaking of cards that were banned because everyone ran them, Amrakul the Aeon's Torn. Yeah, we're so, gonna see her again soon. Yeah. Um. <laughs> are now were you playing when Amrakul was not banned? Or does that I was, you? Uh, I was playing right on the... I was just getting into EDH um, when that banning happened. So I was I was playing for maybe two months before it got banned, a, a month or two. I was playing long enough to notice when it got banned. Yeah. So old but guy I, was, I was still beginner decks. Yeah. Old Guy Crednol had been playing for a very... Since before this card was even came out. So... Yeah. This card, with this card in the format, literally the format became every blue deck ran bri- bribery to steal every green deck's Emrakul. This was every tooth and nail target. This was every, uh, um, every tutor. It became about stealing, copying, and briberying the Emrakul. Yep, uh, Emrakul was the entire focus of every single game, uh, which is a good enough reason to have it banned, let alone the fact that, like, if you look at what it does, you could argue that it deserves to be banned almost on that alone. <laughs> yeah, card, card is real, real good, but yeah. it, the problem is it's good enough that it just draws attention to mm-hmm. itself. See, if we could do the reverse of what we were talking before, where you could ban a card... Uh, where a card got banned as commander but was allowed in the deck, I would say we would do the reverse with Emrakul. I would totally be okay with an Emrakul as your general, but not in your deck. Sure, that way it couldn't become this... Well, then you still have the issue of everyone trying to steal it, clone it, or just, like, dogs salivating waiting for you to cast it. I don't know that it needs banned at that point, but it's still going to be a, a game shaper. But then it's like, it is people waiting to answer your deck that you're advertising, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And it and if someone clones and copies your Emrakul so much that you you can't win the game, then you're probably gonna stop win, playing your Emrakul deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that card plus it would be colorless, which has all its own problems. Sure. So I would be totally okay with Emrakul being unbanned specifically as a commander, but in the deck it's it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So then it's Arayo. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> this card, I did not like playing against this card, and I had to play against it for a long time. Oh, man. Orio Saratami Ascendant is a flying 1-1. Uh, whenever the fourth spell of a turn is played, you flip it, and then uh, it turns into an enchantment that says counter the first spell played by each opponent each turn. So, but very... But Eric, it only it takes four whole spells. Yeah, four whole one-mana spells. Yeah. <laughs> You you could play this next turn, play the Sol Ring, and finish playing the rest of the cards that activate this. Um, it was banned as a... The reason this card ended up getting banned was because it was banned as a commander and they changed their rules 
for whether or not cards could be banned as commanders but still allowed in the decks. That being said, I have never... This this card, when they changed that rule and I saw that Arayo got totally shuffled out, I jumped for joy. Yeah. Because screw this card. Yeah. I have never had any enjoyment come from this no. card. I, I never had to play against an Arayo deck. I had to play against a lot of Edric decks that ran Arayo. Arayo. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, never, I never had to play against an Arayo deck. No, it's just... It's it's banned because it's broken as a commander. It's really, really not fun. And again, every single blue deck ran it. And every single blue deck runs a lot of cards. But this is a win condition that every single blue deck ran. And it's it, it, there are emblems that do this. There are Planeswalker Ultimate emblems that do this effect. It is on that power level. Yeah, it, it drags the game to a screeching halt and isn't fun at all. No. So this is a card, like, I could see an argument for it being unbanned, but uh, I'm not going to make that argument. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. So Fast Spawn is our next one, which is a mm-hmm. green, another green enchantment. You may play any number of lands on each of your turns. Whenever you play a land, if it wasn't the first land you played this turn, Fast Spawn deals one damage to you. I can only come up with 12 ways to break this in half without, like, from the time I've read the card to now. Yep, this is a uh, another one of those super, super busted cards. It's like, play it, dump your entire hand of land, especially now where there's so many good lands matter decks mm-hmm. that can, it would be ridiculous to try and, uh, to try and play this and have it not be broken. Yeah, um, it's plus Crucible plus Fetch Landies. I have all the lands out of my deck. Yep, and it's it's an enchantment. It sticks around. That's a permanent effect. Yeah. It's not even like a spell, like you can dump all the lands from your hand this turn. It's like, this is just forever. You can play extra lands for one more life. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Lots of mana's really good. Um, then we go on to Gifts Ungiven. Yeah, this is, uh, this is kind of a weird one. Uh, Gifts Ungiven is a three and one blue instant. You search your library for four cards with different names and reveal them. Target opponent chooses two of those cards. You put the chosen cards into your graveyard and the rest into your hand. Then you shuffle your library. Kind of a uh, factor fiction on steroids. Yeah, there's definitely a... And and the problem with... Gifts has the problem of even in, like, modern and in when it was in standard, you'd have just gifts packages that actually mean I get all four of these cards. Mm-hmm. Or I get the they, they just I mean. win the game, yeah, yeah. Like this is this is a very powerful tutor. Now, if the I would say that if it was pick four, your opponent gets to shuffle two back or exile the other two, then it would be totally okay. Yeah, then well, it, would it wouldn't be, be totally. It, it would be a lot better. It probably wouldn't be banned. It would still be very good. Right, the card would be the card would be good, but not uh, but but the other ones just end up in your yard. Like in modern, a legitimate plan is to grab unburial rights and a fatty and make them discard them both. Yep, the uh, Gifts Ungiven, the the problem with it, especially in EDH, where you have access to the entire like card history of Magic, is A, you can just, at instant speed on turn 4, go grab four different combo pieces that work together on turn 5. Your opponent has to give you two and you go. The other thing you do is you grab two combo pieces that you want and then two recursion spells. So you grab, like, Kiki-Jiki, Zealous Conscripts, Animate Bro, Dead, and yeah. re- Reanimate, and then... It's like, okay, guys, let's let's see how you how do you want to divide this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get wrecked. So this card, yeah, the card's not the card is too good. Yes, and instant speed too, which is insane. Sure. And uh, the EDH, uh, the EDH, what what is the name? 
committee? Committee, yeah. Yeah, rules committee. Sorry, I was I, I was going to say banless committee, and then I knew that was wrong. Mm-hmm. The EDH rules committee has come out and said that they they do not like super powerful tutor effects and you can make an argument that a lot of super powerful tutor effects are still allowed in edh but this is one that it makes a lot of sense for it to be banned now that being said there's nothing like fundamentally game breaking about this card if you were going to play some stupid like high-powered commander league you could unban this card like there's nothing it's not on the same level as say ancestral recall or lotus or coalition no it is it is definitely in the lower level of power i would say it's more powerful than something like biorhythm but it is it, it it could it would be one of those cards that if like they were unbanning a whole bunch and they unbanned this with it i'd understand yeah um grizzlebrand oh I remember the whole, like, two weeks everyone got to play with this guy. It was awesome. <laughs> yep, every black deck became a Grizzlebrand deck. Everybody, yeah. Excuse me, let me steal this and draw 14 cards in my mono blue deck. Um, <clears throat> yep. Yeah, this card This card does the same thing Emrakul does, where the game warps around it. The most impressive thing about this card is the fact that it's a... It's not like Emrakul, where it could be played in any deck, theoretically. Like, people played Emrakul in blue decks, where they use show-and-tell and stuff like that. Uh... Grizzlebrand is just like he's he's black and he's very black. He's four black mana symbols black, and he was still so powerful that everyone played him, mm-hmm. and he he warped the format dis- so so hugely despite the fact that he was specific to one color, which is a testament to how strong this guy really is. Yeah, what being able to exchange life for cards is good. We'll see that in other cards here too. I sold or traded someone, I can't remember which, I had a foil Grizzlebrand, mm-hmm. and I sold or traded it to someone because I wasn't going to play it about a week before it got banned. Yeah! I felt so bad. <laughs> Hashtag MTG Finance. Um. Oh, I felt so rough. But yeah, no, that's, uh, it's, and I will say, as a foil, this card is gorgeous. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, um, next one's Caracas. Caracas, Caracas has the problem of being a completely fine, acceptable card that just happens to break the format. Yeah, it just happens to always have a target forever in this format. Yeah, because like, legends are so important. I would, I would love if this was somehow said cannot hit your general because I'd love to play like Magara of Corridor or something like that that mm-hmm. could have some fun with Caracas. But yeah. it, when it turns into white tap bounce your general, no. Yeah, or or bounce your opponent's Voltron general. Never yeah. let your opponent tap, or never let your opponent hit you. Yeah. Like it's it, it, it's fundamentally busted in this format, and it's so funny because it's one of those like weird niche ability lands mm. that like we have a million of them in the format, and they're fine. Like that, like Makokoro Center of the Sea, or stuff like that. That they just have these weird random abilities, and it's like, yeah, okay, this is. This is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And then Caracas is like, you you glance at it and you're like, yeah, okay. It's oh wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no no bouncing of all the legendaries for us. Mm-hmm. All right, Library of Alexandria. Yay for a card that costs an arm and a leg. <laughs> yeah, like Library of Alexandria deserves to be on the ban list for how expensive it is alone. Um, that being said, the cards also very. There there are cards that are expensive that are on this list or that are not on this list like this card yeah. is this card is the if you have it it's a land you can tap it if you have exactly seven cards in your hand draw another draw a card yeah exactly which basically uh, turns into you always have seven cards in your hand yeah it's uh, it, what it is is that you play library of alexandria as your first land drop and then you just 
draw an extra card starting from turn one for the rest of the game. Um, and it's like it, it to be fair, if the price suddenly plummeted on Library of Alexandria and you could get one for 80 bucks and they unbanned it, I'd be fine with it. Sure. This is a card that like it, it, its power level is not what put it on the ban list. It, it's a powerful card, but its power level and massive exclusivity is what put it on the ban list. Yeah, I would I would agree. Like seeing this uh seeing this unbanned wouldn't like if it, if it didn't cost an arm and a leg wouldn't be surprising. The card Yeah, like if it was wrong, for vintage players who listen to our EDH podcast, I know this card is good. Yeah, like it, it's it's very good, but it's not. It is not on the level of some of these other cards. Right. It it is a good card. It is not. A, I instantly win the game now. Ha ha ha. Weep at my feet. Card. Yeah. I'm. It's. It's. I'm going to. I'm going to drown you in card advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh. Limited resources. Yeah. When limited resources enters the battlefield, each player controls. Each player chooses five lands he or she controls and sacks the rest. Players can't play lands as long as ten or more lands are on the battlefield. <laughs> I yeah, would this rather means... play this um... in commander. I'm gonna have to. Cut, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Cut, I'm gonna have to cut that because that's an excellent insult, but really dirty. Um, yeah. There's gonna be this long bleep, but no, like this card's not even close to fun. Yeah. What you want to say is, I, I would rather be intimate with a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> then, uh, then play this card. Yeah, no, it's again. This is like it's kind of on the balance power level. It's like it reduces everyone to five lands. The fact that it's permanent is a real kick in the teeth, and it's a giant fu to every deck that would like to play a ramp strategy ever. Sure. Um, it it straight up shuts down a lot of generals. Any general that costs more than five, it's just like, well, I hope you find your soul ring, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's. This card is not banned because of its power level. It's very, very power level. It's banned because it's a giant jerk card. It's soul-suckingly unfun. Yeah, it is It is extremely powerful. But the reason it's banned is because it's a giant middle finger put on cardboard. Mm-hmm. All right, the Moxes. The Moxes. Das Moxen. Das Moxen. You had something to say in defense of the Moxes? I don't, I don't mind. So I had a... We had a friend of ours... This is... And this is a few years ago, so perhaps power level would catch up with me. And I can see where this would be a problem in five color or three color decks. Is probably mm-hmm. they're probably egregious, but a buddy of mine had a uh, had a mono black commander deck, and he owned a mox jet. And he's like, "Can I please, please play this card?" Okay. And we said, "Sure, we'll try it. Let's let's see what happens." You know what it is? It's another mana rock. Like, in it's, it's it's powerful, but it's no worse than say like mana crypt. Absolutely, or, I would so say it's random. no worse than mana crypt. <laughs> like, it, it, don't um, get me wrong, it's good, it's fine, and I can see where in a five color deck having uh having all five of them could get egregious pretty quick. But yeah, even then you have five of them in a hundred card deck. Like, if these are these are partially banned because they're stupidly expensive. Yes, absolutely. I this like, is, if, if these the wouldn't reason... get unbanned, if if they became affordable and became unbanned, I would not riot. Um, I wouldn't be happy because, as we'll talk about later, there's an argument for having Soul Ring on the ban list. But in in a format where Soul Ring and Mana Crypt are both legal, it you, there is a certain amount uh a certain argument that could be made for well, how are they any less bad than the Moxes? And the answer is that they're cheaper. Yeah, and the, they make colored it, mana. Even Mana Crypt 
is like cheaper than the moxes and mana crypts is stupid expensive um but the the really the not okay thing happens with the moxes when you start going into three color or more decks sure. when suddenly it's like your opponent doesn't just have a soul ring and a mana crypt they also have three moxes they will always have turn one fast mana mm-hmm. and it's going to be very unpleasant <laughs> okay so we'll just unban the green one and the white one <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> those are the places that have the most repeatable effects. Like, white would take the ramp, and green has a thousand other ra- mana rocks to where I'm not even sure it needs to be played. Like, it's good, but... <laughs> like, like right. the colors that break it are blue, black, and red, so we'll just we'll just unban pearl and emerald. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> why has it got to be the white box? No, um... <laughs> yeah, why, why, why are you okay with the white and green boxes? <laughs> Uh, right. Painter Servant! On? Okay, Painter Servant. Two mana, one three. As it comes into play, you choose a color. All cards that aren't in play, spells, and permanents are the chosen color in addition to their other colors. I don't I, know that I think this is, should be banned. I want this to be okay to play. Like, yeah. Like, I really do. Like, I had a Jaya Ballard deck that would have loved to make everything blue so I could kill it with Jaya. Yes. Or, and every time I go, oh, it'd be okay... And then people remind me, like, of insert silly thing that Painter Servant allows you to do. Like, yeah, Ugin Painter just, Servant Ugin breaks a lot of cards. Everything. Um, or, yeah, like, this card enables so much stupid that I don't think it can be ban- unbanned. Like, I want yeah. it to be unbanned, because I wouldn't be doing degenerate things with it. But the problem is there's too much stuff being done with degenerate things. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of cards broken. Um, and you're right, it's one of those effects that, like, you look at it, and it's like, nee. The The problem with me is that, like, is this any worse a combo card than something like Macaeus, or something like Kiki-Jiki? Mm-hmm. And, and I can see the point there, too. The, the problem is a lot of these ones that, a lot of the combos that pay off with Painter Servant are just, like like, mind-numbingly awful, like Painter Servant Iona or Painter Servant Millstone, where they're either just dead immediately, and there's nothing you can do, or you're just out of the game. Yeah. Like, I, I, want, I, think this, the, the, I want this card to be okay. I desperately want to be able to play this card. The only reasons I can think that it that make it worse is, one, it is so insanely cheap for this effect. Mm-hmm. It's two mana for this guy. Um, the other problem with it is that the it can go into any deck like you can you can play this as a combo with Ugin in and literally any deck mm-hmm. um on the other hand i played when this card was unbanned and i was surprised when it got banned i had to look up what it did because it was so much not a problem for me uh are you sure you were around like yes okay i don't i don't remember when painter servant got banned but um, I feel I feel like I was uh, playing when it was unbanned. Uh, if not, or when it was unbanned, if not, then I had a mistake where like I played with it for a while and then someone pointed out to me that it was banned. Yeah. When was Painter Servant banned in EDH? Let's find out. Okay. I thought that I was around when it was. Yeah. I'll let you Google that while I keep talking. But really, that's I think the other thing is that it's a linchpin of too much stuff. Like, it's that, it's that, I go, Painter Servant Ugin, Painter Servant Iona, Painter Servant Jaya, which, which I think is fun, is probably egregious. Painter uh, Servant, there's a linchpin of so much stuff. 2009 was when uh, it got banned. Okay. 
And I think I was playing in 2009? I don't know. I'm a grumpy old man, so I don't know for sure. I'm gonna look it up. Anyway, um... Yes! Yes, I was playing in 2009. Okay, so Painter's, Painter's Servant is one of those cards that I feel like is just a linchpin of too much stuff. Now, again, same quantifier applies, is that if you have a, um... If you, uh, if you were trying for some, like, high-powered Commander Knight, this one would be fine to unban in that. It yes. Doesn't, it doesn't break the rules, it's just too powerful. And I think it's too, it's too powerful for too many different unpleasant things. Yeah, this is one of the first cards that comes off the ban list with the, like, if, if they were to do a mass unbanning, this would be one of the first ones to return. Yeah. Speaking of Panoptic other cards Mirror. that I feel like could get, could get off this list is Panoptic Mirror. Shut up! No. Yeah, don't get don't get me wrong. This is this card is too powerful. This is uh, it's an artifact, cost five, imprint X and tap. You may exile instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost X from your hand. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may cast a co- you may copy a card exiled with Panoptic Mirror. If you do, you may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. Yes, it's it's you exile time warp. It's time warp. Panoptic Mirror just makes you time warp forever. Yes. And that's that's the why it's banned is it's a two card combo with a bajillion other technical return effects. Mm-hmm. Like and it, would, it would not be fun. And even it, even if you're not using that, like can you imagine getting cruel ultimatum under this? Or there's there's too many insane cards you could get under this. You like just something as simple as a draw spell under this would be fundamentally broken. Sure. Like, vindicate uh, maybe. Can I have a vindicate one time? Yeah. Uh, Anything. I'm, I'm trying to think of cards that aren't broken if you get to cast them at the beginning of your upkeep every turn. Cultivate. Cultivate that, is busted. The cultivate's absolutely busted. Um, you can find cards that aren't. Like, Healing Salve isn't exciting, but... Lightning Bolt wouldn't be the worst thing that ever happened. However, we put we cost uh, 8 mana to put that on a creature, which is a lot more vulnerable than artifacts. Artifacts are pretty vulnerable, don't get me wrong, but creatures are more so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this, this card's real bustedly powerful. Yeah, it's it's a card that even when it's not broken, it's powerful, and then when it and it's broken most of the time. Yeah, you're you're never doing fair things with this. You're never putting shock under this. No, absolutely not. Uh oh, man, this <laughs> one I definitely remember the banning for. Oh my gosh, and the inevitable like. <laughs> The, the the hate and vitriol that came out in response. Yeah, the the crying and gnashing of teeth. We were yep. talking about Primeval Titan. Yep, Primeval Titan. Uh, tutors every time he enters the battlefield or attacks for two lands of your choice, any lands, mm. then puts them onto the battlefield. It's also a six six trampler for six. It's also a six six trampler for six. Yeah. Um. This card. This card almost did what Emrakul did. Uh, like it, wasn't quite as, it wasn't quite as egregious as Emrakul, but... It wasn't instant win the game, but people behaved the same way that they did with an Emrakul, they just didn't get the same results. Yes, like it was all about, I want to copy this, I want to steal it, I want to clone it, I want to yes. bribery it. The game was about Primeval Titan. Yep. Um, it was super, super powerful. Uh, people would get all sorts of good utility lands off of it and, and use their effects, but mostly the reason it was banned is because of what Noel said. Like, ev- the games became about Primeval Titan. It was... Suddenly we weren't playing Commander, we were playing football, and Primeval Titan was the pigskin. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's that's why that ga- card is banned. And if they 
it's unbanned in French, which is like makes a little bit more sense because a single card that warps the dynamic of the game is a lot less offensive when it's a one-on-one game. Because no matter what card I play, it's going to warp the dynamic of the game for my opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, but in multiplayer, this card was just, it wasn't any fun. And it is it is powerful. It is maybe not powerful enough to be banned based on that alone. But it is very, very powerful. Yeah. Like just this, this card being gone is good for the format. Uh, and I believe part of the reason it left was because of Kessig Wolf Run, too. Sure. I don't know. Like, it, it, uh, that was a standard deck when it was... Yeah, that's how good it was. And in EDH, it was as good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Prophet of Crufix! Na, the new na, kid on na, the block! Na, 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 hey, hey, goodbye. Does anyone actually, like, I have been so much happier playing Commander now that this card is not in the format. Uh, this wasn't a card that I dealt with a lot, but yeah, when I dealt with it, I hated it. Yep, and this is um, somebody who played it a lot. I'm just... Yeah. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that being said, I was surprised when it was banned. Um, I wasn't because they eventually like the fact that everyone was talking. Not and not and not everyone is in the the rabble that inhabits like the EDH community online. But like the people who make those decisions were actively talking about the card before they banned it. Like they don't. Okay. They don't typically like Sheldon Mannery and like Toby Elliott, the other members of the rules committee, don't talk about cards much. Like they, mm. they they won't say that there's a watch list. And I don't think there is one. But all of a sudden, even before the ban meet, before the ban list comes out, before their meeting where they talk about the ban list, you can tell there's this kind of general. There's a lot of chatter about it from the right people. So I was not surprised when this got un, when this got banned. Plus, it's fair enough. Unbelievably bad. Like it's it's just uh, this card is unpleasant to play with and against. Well, no, it's fun to play with. It's incredibly unpleasant to play against. Yes, and it's uh, it's two super powerful effects stapled together, and uh, yeah, no, it it this wasn't a card that warped the game in the same way where it was all about people bribering it and copying it. I don't think it was just that it was played in every single Simic deck, and when it came out, that player almost invariably won the game. Yeah, and 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 from what the, the from when they banned this, they even said that people were playing Simic because of profit. Yes, like they weren't. They weren't putting Simic. They weren't putting profit in Simic decks. They were building Simic decks because it had profit, which is a, the exact kind of thing they should ban. Yeah. So uh, going down, we have uh, Protean Hulk. Yeah, and this card is cute. Like this card. This is a card. This is my accidentally. I didn't realize this was banned when I put it in a deck card. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> that being said, like this is when I was first starting out in Commander and stuck it in a five color slivers deck because I thought it was cool. I could go get three or four slivers. Now, if I had this card, I would do unpleasant things and win the game with them. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Protean Hulk, for those who don't know, because this is n- not a commonly seen card. It's out of uh, Dissension. It's a five mana, uh, or a five and two green 6-6. Six, six. And when it's put into a graveyard from play, you search your library for any number of creature cards with total converted mana cost six or less and put them into play, then shuffle your library. So the obvious thing that's a problem with it is that you kill it, and then you immediately um, go two to four combo that wins you the game, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do kiki jiki combos with this, but you can do other two card combos. You can do. I can't. I can't think of any off the top of my head. My, yeah. I'm not. I'm not in the right brain space. But there, you can find the two creatures whose total converted mana cost is six or less and just win the game with them. Yeah, it's 
It's it's likely to happen. Mm. Uh, is this more or less offensive than Tooth and Nail, though? Um, tooth and Nail does almost the same thing. Only in the sense that you can grab, like, this, this does have a size limit on it. I would say this is, this dying is less egregious than Tooth and Nail. But that being said, this also comes on a body. And therefore can be, you know, this can be show and tell into play. This can yeah. be sneak attack into play, and it's just get wrecked, because I have a way yeah. to sack it. That's like, exactly what I was going to say, is that it's like, the problem with this, it, Tooth and Nail is by far the more powerful of the effects, but you still have to ramp to a Tooth and Nail. You really, it's really, really hard to cheat a Tooth and Nail. You have to almost always cast it properly. You have to pay all that mana. And it's easy to cheat to get yourself to that much mana, but you have to pay the actual mana. With Protein Hulk, you would, like, turn turn one, entomb it, turn two, a Dark Ritual Necromancy during your opponent's turn, bring back the Protein Hulk, and let it die. Yeah. Like and, <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, this is not... No bueno. No bueno. It's just too easy to... With a body, it's too easy to reanimate it or blink it in or like cheat it in with a show and tell type effect or do something like that and just kill it and have the thing go off. You could also in one turn kill and bring this guy back half a million times and dump your entire deck. Sure. Hey, speaking of cards that have a problem because they're recurring. Uh, recurring rec- nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> recurring nightmare is two into black. It has sacrifice. It's an enchantment with sacrifice a creature and return recurring nightmare to its owner's hand. Put target creature from your graveyard into play. Play this ability as a sorcery. Yeah, which it's worth noting too that the bouncing it to your hand is part of the cost. Yes. So you never have like you never have a chance to disenchant <clears throat> this if your opponent doesn't give it to you. Exactly. Um, this I want is... your card to be okay. It's like, no. <laughs> like, I want this. I I would like this card is like right there with the on paper. This is fine. Whatever. You'll just recur some dudes. No, you won't. No. Yeah. One. The for the people listening at home, Priest of Gix is the card that breaks this. There you go. Sure. It's it's you play Priest of Gix. You use that to pay for your recurring nightmare. You pick your favorite enter the battlefield creature in your graveyard, and you're just recurring that unlimited time. So makeshift mana or uh, yeah, makeshift mannequin or puppeteer clique is the word I'm one I'm looking for. Puppeteer clique takes all your opponent's creatures uh, from their Hope graveyard. Gets wins a bunch the of, game. Yeah. Yeah, it's just anything Blood Artist wins the game. Yeah, it, it, all sorts of busted stuff. Um, but even then, even if you weren't using Priest of Gix to break this, I still have a huge problem with it because you could just take two of your favorite Enter the Battlefield triggers on creatures and cycle them. Recurring Nightmare plus Solemn plus anything is the nuts. Right, I just want to do this with Deranged Hermit. That's all I want to do. <laughs> Why? <laughs> All the squirrely goodness. Oh. You're a bad man. I am. But let's move on to our next card, who's also a bad, bad man. Raphelos Lanawar Emissary. Bad, bad man, Raphelos Lanawar Emissary. Uh, cost uh, green and green for a 2-2. Two, two, uh, I think he's just an elf. And it has tap, add one green to your mana pool for each forest you control. Yep. This was a card that was unbanned for a while. But banned as a commander, but unbanned to play. And people still argued that he should just be overall banned because he was so powerful, right? Yeah, I mean, this this in mono green puts you at six mana on turn three. Is that enough? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's probably enough. Um, 
And then he, I'll go get my prime time the, and go Ruffellos? to 10. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Ruffellos was banned when the cards all rotated, or the rules rotated so that there was no more banned as a commander but not banned in your deck section. It was just all cards that were banned or weren't. But even if they didn't, it kind of seemed like, even if that rule had never happened, uh, it kind of seemed like uh, Ruffalo's head was on the chopping block. Like he was, there was a lot of complaining about how broken Ruffalo's was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Turn one, Sylvan Tutor. Turn two, Ruffalo's. Turn three, six drop. Yep, exactly. Uh, so the next card is Sway of the Stars, which I never got to play with. Uh, I don't think this it, card was ever not banned in Commander. Yeah. Eight and two blue. Each player shuffles his or her hand, graveyard, and permanent he or she owns into her library. Each player then draws seven cards. Each player's life total becomes seven. I think this was one of those cards that it was banned out of the gate because the Rose Committee didn't like the sound of each player's life becomes seven. Well, that's just a complete board reset, except for resetting it 40, we now reset it seven life. Yeah. Boo, boo this card. Like, this card would be unfun, super unfun to play with. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's, it is powerful, cause it's a total board reset, um, but it's mostly just that it resets the game, and that's not fun. Resets the game, and everyone's life is at, uh, you can be taken down by a windblown fart levels. Yeah, it's, it's not fun at all. Sundering Titan! I remember this guy! Ah, uh, Sundering Titan. Uh, eight mana artifact creature. When it comes into play, you choose a land of each basic land type, then destroy those lands. And then when it leaves play, you do the same thing. Uh, it is worth mentioning that the basic land type thing means that this can blow up shocks and duels. Yes. This can also be used quite artisanally to blow up, like, I'm going to choose your, like, I'm playing mono black and play this card. Fortunately, you're playing Black Red, so I can choose your Blood Crypt as both the Mountain and the Swamp. Yep. Uh, it is... It, it would often you'd not hit yourself, and if, even if you did, you'd hit yourself for one, and you'd hit at least for one each opponent. So that meant that you were you were getting a three for one. Yeah. When it entered and left the battlefield. And people get upset about land destruction. This card got played in a lot of decks because of the fact that it was colorless. It was blinked. It was reanimated. It was sacrificed. It was reanimated again. Uh, all sorts of creature shenanigans happened to it. That being said, I don't think its power level is what got it banned. I think people just got really, really pissed off at their lands being destroyed. Uh, I definitely think power level is a part of it. Like, this is an unfun card. This is a powerful card. This is not anything that you want near a, near a game of Commander. Mm, I, I, I don't know that I fully agree. Uh, it's it, it certainly it's a powerful effect, but I don't think it it's powerful enough to be banned. And it it's in the same category where it's like in the if we were to mass unban a bunch of cards, Emrakul the Aeon's Torn would stay banned. Sundering Titan would come off. Sure, I'll give you that. Yeah, Sylvan Primordial. I firmly believe this guy was banned just because uh, Primeval Titan was banned, and then Sylvan Primordial came out, and then people had flashbacks. This, this this is very this is a very similar thing of uh of uh primeval titan so mm -hmm. it makes sense that they are both banned um this yes. is the one that dig your library for a, is it a basic yeah for this one it's basics yeah it's but it, for a basic and blow up a land of each of your opponent it uh blow up a non-creature permanent that oh, each opponent controls okay i thought it was land um 
Yeah. And then search your library for a force for each uh, for each thing this way. This is though the biggest tempo swing I have seen in a card and on a card in a while. <laughs> yes, I would agree. In that, like, let me let me six for one with one card. Yeah, but that being said, what happened is that Primeval Titan got banned, and then this card came out, and people used this like it was Primeval Titan. Mm -hmm. And it's not Primeval Titan, but they did very similar things. They basically treated it the same way. And so it got banned because people, the rules committee was like, no, you can't just have a second one. Yeah, this is, someone made the joke that someone in Wizards R&D really liked Sundering Titan and Primeval Titan in Commander. And when they when the committee committee banned them both, they just made a hybrid of it. <laughs> yep. Uh, next we have Time Vault. This is a card that I've never even actually looked at. So it's an artifact. It costs two to play. You tap to gain an additional turn after the current one. Time Vault doesn't untap normally during the untap phase. To untap it, you must skip. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a vintage card. This is a broken card. <laughs> yeah. There's a million ways to untap things. This is not a hard uh, a hard card to figure out why. I, I, uh, under, I understand why it's banned. It's yeah. just it's one of those cards that it was printed before they knew what they were doing. Yeah, this is uh yeah, this card is busted. Um, Back when they thought that you could stick take an extra turn on two mana. Hey, by the way, Time Walk is the next card. Yeah, Voltaic Key and this go hand in hand together because I've played Vintage. Um, yeah, Time Walk is two mana take an extra turn is just it's undercosted for what it does. It costs a billion dollars, so I think it I think it is banned as much because of its cost. Like like we allow this effect, just not this cheap typically. And this played yeah. this played early is an explorer. I mean, not really. I mean, it, if you buy it on turn two and you have no creatures, it's an explorer. Sure. But it for this much mana, you should not be able to cast this card. Yeah, I'm I'm trying really hard to come up with any justification why this card should be in commander, and I can't come up with one. No, it's not allowed. Um, Tinker. Broken tutors. <laughs> Broken tutors. Tinker is an uncommon. Can you believe that? But, uh, but you already banned both my Moxes and my Sundering Titan, so okay, this card is obviously unplayable now. Yeah. Tinker is one in a blue, or two in a blue. Uh, you play it, you sack an artifact, then you search your library for an artifact and put that card into play. There is a red card that does a very similar thing, but it's not broken because you put it into your hand. And that's not the same thing. Tinker is, uh, on turn one, I cast Soul Ring. On turn two, I turn it into a Blightsteel Colossus. Yeah, it's it's real dumb. Uh, and in a 100-card singleton format, powerful tutors are even more powerful because they're tutors. So this is card is banned for very good reasons. Yeah. Hey, look, it's Tolarian Academy. Yeah, so we have a... a Tolarian, this is a this is an interesting card, um, and this is one that reasonable minds could disagree on whether this card should be banned. How this card reads is it is a land that taps for a blue for each artifact you control. Yeah, and uh, I think that when you read it, it's very obvious why it should be banned. It's a very, very in incredibly powerful effect. Yep, and it produces the wrong you... color of mana. Like, yeah. If this produced a red for each artifact you control... Or I'd still think it should be banned. I, yeah, it'd still need to be banned, but it wouldn't be nearly as good. Um, but Noel brought up an excellent point for why you could argue this card should be unbanned. Sure, or that certain other ones could be banned, is that we have a very similar thing in Gaia's Cradle in green, where it's tap to add mm. a green for each creature you control, in that creatures are as prevalent in Commander as artifacts are, and mm -hmm. why is one banned and not the other? That being said, creatures are also much easier to kill than artifacts, and... It produces green, which is a, a color less likely to do egregious things with it than blue. 
Yeah, like, I still giving I, I giving let's put it this way, giving green a lot of mana, we know what that does. Like that yes. we, we there's a very obvious set of things that that does. Giving mm. blue a lot of mana is Take leads, all the extra turn. Yeah, it leads, <laughs> leads giving giving green a bajillion mana makes giant dudes. Giving blue a bajillion mana means I've drawn all the cards and I'm taking all the turns. That being said, I think they should be a package deal. Like, I think that Tolarian Academy should be unbanned, or that Gaia's Cradle should be banned. They, it, it seems like those two should kind of go together. But that's just me. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting thing for part two of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Trade Secrets. This is a card that was actually printed in the original Commander decks. Yep, and has now been banned for probably good reason, because really what this mm-hmm. turns into is, of the four people in the game, two of them get to keep playing Magic, the other two get to watch those two play. Yes, it is. It's two players draw basically their whole decks and then try and beat each other while the two other players are just kind of left in the dust. Yeah, who didn't and draw it, 30 it's cards. it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's really not fun to uh, suddenly be excluded of the multiplayer from the multiplayer game of Magic you were playing. On the upside, there is two people who are excluded in a four-player game. So what that means is that you two could just shuffle up and play your own game while these guys finish up the first one. Right, we'll take our own game. <laughs> yeah, but, own uh, game. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make our own game. It's going to have stuff that we can't mention on the podcast <laughs> without a game mature tag. Yeah. Um... That that being said, it was super interesting when this card got banned because everyone was like, oh, my God, I can't believe the rules committee banned a card that was actually in a precon. That's like the rules committee counteracting what Wizards has done. Yeah, there was there was quite a bit of controversy about that at the time. That and it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. That being said, like after like when you think about it, the more you think about it, and you're like, OK, yeah, that card probably shouldn't be here. Yes. Um, Upheaval. Uh, Six mana blue sorcery. Return all permanents to their owner's hands. Yep. So why is this card banned, Noel? Because uh, board resets aren't fun. <laughs> no. And, six and mana your... for a board reset is stupid. Yeah. And actually, you're never going to cast this when you just have six mana. You're going to cast this when you have nine or ten mana, and then play two or three things. Yep, that's true. Like, uh, on, on my turn, I don't play a land that turn. I float all my mana, cast upheaval... Play a land, play a soul ring, play some other stuff with the other mana floated. I'm still in this game, and you're really not anymore. That being said, I would I would argue that this card is comparable in power level to Cyclonic Rift. Um, uh, doesn't does Cyclonic Rift leave, you, leave your lands alone? Okay, the the difference is that Cyclonic Rift does leave lands alone. However, it also doesn't reset the caster's tempo. Um, I would. I would argue that it is easier to come back from a well-played Cyclonic Rift than a well-played Upheaval. That That's fair. It, it might be easier to come back from, but I would argue that it's easier to win the next turn with a well-played uh, Cyclonic Rift. Um, sure. Or win that turn. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, it's not fun. The they're, they're both really, really powerful effects. Upheaval is the one that's banned. It's six mana, so it's cheaper than the uh, overloaded Cyclonic Rift. Um, and it also hits lands. And that's that's the reason it's banned and Cyclonic Rift isn't. It's the fact that it, it, it knocks your lands out. Mm-hmm. Um, next card, Worldfire. Banned before it actually came out. No, it was out for a little while. Was it? Was yep. it? No. Uh, it, it was... Obviously going to be banned. I remembered that. Yeah, there was. I, 
There was like three months because it was when it came out. The next set at the rules committee, the next rules committee update, they banned it. Oh, okay. I did. I I didn't think it was around that long. I thought it was like I I thought it was maybe a week, and then this card got banned. No, nah, it was like three months. But e- either way, like most play groups looked at it and went, "We're not gonna play that card. That's awful." <laughs> yeah, Worldfire is a red sorcery. That costs uh, nine mana to exile all permanents, exile all cards from all hands and graveyards, and then each player's life total becomes one. It's it's funny. Yeah. What you actually do here is you get an Inferno Titan, and you get it under an Oblivion Ring. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I also remember that everyone talking about how to break this card. You put something under an you put Zozu or an Inferno Titan under an Oblivion Ring. You um. What were the other ones? You float a bunch of mana. You actually... That was the other one. You never cast... You make those your general. You never cast them. You hit 12 red mana. You cast this, then you cast Zozu. Yep. Get wrecked. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so they, obviously we buy this card banned. Even though it's like... If this card became unbanned, not only would I not be upset, I wouldn't even blink. It's a nine mana card in red, mm-hmm. so it, it 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 is not bustedly powerful. It's just offensive for what it does. It's a, it's a middle finger on a piece of cardboard again. Yeah. Like it it's not that it's broken. It's just that the rules committee is just like, no, this is a particular kind of card that we just hate. Yeah, this is not fun for anyone. No. Which brings us to Yogmoth Bargain. I feel like someone who plays Yogmoth Bargain would make a strong argument that it's very fun for them. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, Yogg's, Yogg Bargain is blue, uh, black, black, and four. Skip your draw step. See, I don't even get to draw cards on my turn anymore. And then, uh, it's pay one life, draw a card. Whenever you want. want. Yep. Uh, it, comparable to Necropotence. Better than Necropotence. Uh, better than Necropotence, but more expensive. Um... It is, it, it, it's broken. You can pay one life to draw a card in response to anything at any time. You could draw yourself into answers if your opponent's about to kill you. You can draw yourself into, it's, it is absurdly broken for a number of reasons. The reason it's banned and Necropotence isn't is that you have to pay the life and then wait until end of turn with Necropotence. You don't instantly get the cards like you do with the Ogmot's Bargain. Mm. That being said, if they said tomorrow that if they said tomorrow Yogmoth's bargain was unbanned, I'd throw a fit. If they said tomorrow that Necropotence was banned because it was too similar to Yogmoth's bargain, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I think that I, Necro, I think it was Necro is one of those cards that could if if they were to ban Necro, we wouldn't be ups- like okay, you could ban Necro. I understand. Yep. Like it's uh it is very, very similar. Necropotence is so similar to both Grizzlebrand and Yawgmoth's Bargain that I'm surprised it isn't already banned. I'm, I'm surprised it has lasted as long as it has. Yeah, being triple black helps too, but, but this yeah. is actually, we have to be careful because we're actually getting into our next uh, episode. Um, so we've run, a little bit, we've run a little bit long. We're at some amount of time, stupid and audio issues. So what <laughs> we have decided to do is kind of put a pin in this for now, but we need your help for next week. Yeah. Our next episode. Uh, our next episode is going to be on uh, cards that could be on the ban list, or we think could be on the ban list, or the community at large says should be on the ban list. Um, yeah. And we've got kind of a starter list going, but we'd love to hear from you guys. We want to hear from you guys if there's a card that should be on this list that shouldn't be that you'd like us to take a crack at. Um, 
or if there's uh, something like that, we'd love we we need your guys' feedback because we're going to talk about yours as well as our picks for cards that could be banned, should be banned, um, and are egregious enough that should be on this list yet for some reason ignored because obviously there's a vast conspiracy that Sheldon Mannery secretly likes this card. Yeah. So if you have any recommendations for cards that you think should be, if not on the ban list, at least considered for the ban list, please submit them uh, to us. We will absolutely talk about any cards you recommend, uh, even the obvious farces. We will mention that they're obvious farces, yeah. but we will uh, we will talk about the Z cards. So uh, you Storm, can submit Storm them. Stormcrow. Let me let me just skip that joke right now. Stormcrow. Yeah. Obviously Stormcrow. Don't, don't submit Stormcrow. Um. Uh, you can submit those recommendations in the comments below. You can submit them to me at ericbonvie at gmail.com. It's E-R-I-C-B-O-N-V-I-E at gmail.com or at that Bonvie guy on Twitter or at the uh, Rivals Duel Facebook page at facebook.com slash Rivals Duel. Or if you're looking to get a hold of me, my email is Noel Clausen, N-O-L-E-C-L-A-U-S-O-N at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at at MTG And uh, also, if you're looking for an RSS feed of the show, it is feeds.feedburner.com slash Rivals Duel. Yep, and that's all for today, folks. Don't forget to submit the cards that you think should be on the ban list or that we should argue about whether they should be on the ban list. And uh, I'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening.